Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Romans. We have just read chapter 13 in our last session, and we're ready to read chapter 14, and my, oh my, we are, we are coming through Romans pretty quickly. So I'll have to make sure that I take time to do a good summary for us, because I definitely want to do that after we do our last chapter of Romans. So that's a warning for me, not for you. <laughs> Unless you just are wanting to avoid that, that is your choice. Uh, but anyway, let's see, we read chapter 13, and we're ready to read chapter 14. Now in chapter 13, after the, after the end there, um, basically, uh, Paul was telling us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and to make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. In other words, no sinful desires. Don't, don't make provisions for those. Don't keep things hanging around that are going to cause you to sin or tempt you to sin. Just cut those things out of your life. So, we're going to look at uh, chapter 14 now. And chapter 14 has a, a couple of different things in it about how we act with one another, uh, about not passing judgment and not causing one another to stumble. Try to be considerate of one another. Uh, I will tell you that, like most people, or at least, well, no, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'll just say, okay, for me, I can struggle in both these areas. I can I can, I can, and I apologize for that, but I have to be honest and just tell you the truth. All right, <clears throat> so chapter 14. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. In other words, let's not be divisive and, and, and fuss just because this person is weaker in faith than you. You know, if you feel like you are stronger in faith, then just kind of support that person. Welcome them in, but don't don't argue with them. Don't try to, you know, you if you can try to teach them a little bit here and there, that's fine. But don't 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 bring them in just to correct them. You know, don't be so sure that you need to correct them. You might even find out you're wrong sometimes. So anyway, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Some people. We have to realize the context of this. Now, this is still true, though. Okay? This is still true. I believe you can eat anything. I do. If you want to eat it, I think you can eat it. God has basically just said, hey, the earth is yours to eat what you want. If you want to eat that tree bark, I'm not saying it's the best for you, but that's up to you. If you want to eat ants, that's up to you. Whatever your choices may be. Okay? Now, there are things that people eat that gross me out, okay? <laughs> I will admit it, but but I can't say it's sinful or anything wrong with it, because I believe it's okay to eat anything. Um, I would not normally condone cannibalism. It would have to be such an extreme case that I cannot see, I just can't see it. Um, but, nonetheless, there might be, I'm not going to say there's never, but there might be cases where I'd be like, well, they, they had to do that to survive. I guess I can understand that. Um, but anyway, uh, that's a, an extreme example, so I'm throwing that out there. But one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Now, oh, what I was going to say was, um, they also had problems with 
first of all, you had Jewish people who still, even though they were Christians, they still followed um, the old food laws. <clears throat> Pardon me. And they would not eat they would not eat anything that had been considered unclean, like maybe they wouldn't eat pork or um, you know, or shrimp or anything that's a bottom feeder. Um, you know, they had certain items that they would not eat. And so some of them and, and really some of it may have just been, well, it's it's their comfort level. Some of it might be that they're thinking, well, I still want to follow that. That's still a, a, a rule that God gave us. You know, any number of reasons. I, it wouldn't necessarily have to be that they were weak in faith. It could just be that that's what they had always done and what they always believed, and that's what they were going to do. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Now, they may have believed that they still had to follow that rule. And that in and of itself, while incorrect, doesn't really hurt anyone else. And so there's no need to, again, have a division amongst yourselves or be divisive and argue and all that. It's perfectly fine. My mom, for instance, does not believe in eating any pork because of the old food laws. At some point, she just decided it wasn't worth her trouble, she wasn't going to eat it anymore, that it was just bad for everybody. Now why that one in particular thing, I don't know. Maybe she also looks at some of the other stuff and I don't remember. I don't have the best memory sometimes. But anyway, well, part of her reasoning is she believes that God gave them the healthiest outline of what to eat and not eat. What would be the healthiest and best for you. And she's probably right about that. There's a reason why God tells people everything he does. So, she's probably right about that. Anyway, let's continue on. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. If I'm sitting here chowing down on a big old steak, but someone else, or maybe it's a pork, let's just say it's a big old ham thing or bacon, and my mom's like, well, I'm not eating that. Well, let's not, you know, let's not let that be a big thing between us. I don't need to be offended because mom doesn't eat any. You know, and she doesn't need to be offended at me that I, because I am. So, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not... Ugh. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Well, God has welcomed us both. Yeah, welcomed us all. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Now, this is a good point. We are all servants of God, but we are not to pass judgment on each other. Because we're not each other's servants. Not that we can't serve each other here and help each other here, but I just mean we're truly God's servants. You know what I mean? We, we are truly servants of God. It is before his own master that he stands or falls. Well, let me read that over. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So, the God, God, <laughs> God is the master of us all. So he will, he will judge. 
One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Okay, now I'm going to tell you something. This might be offensive to some people. Some people may not like this. But this is true. There is no commandment for us to assemble on Sunday. Now there is a fine example of the fact that in Acts they assembled on the first day of the week, Sunday, to break bread and then, you know, and we consider that they, we consider that, and Paul spoke really long and all this stuff, and we consider that to be a good example of we should have church on the first day of the week because that's the day the Lord arose, and we consider that the Lord's day. There's nothing wrong with that. There's perfectly, absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's a fine tradition. I like it. I like getting together. I like going to church on Sunday. I do. I enjoy all of that. However, I am one of these people. If something happens, if the world changes in some way, and I need to worship on Monday or Tuesday, that's fine. I, I, I do not mind. It's still a day that God has given me. It's still a day that I can be thankful and I can worship God on. I do not really esteem any day to be different from another other than the fact that Sunday is traditionally the day we go to church. But there's no commandment regarding that. If you went to church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it, it, it's, it's all good, man. It's all good. Do not forsake the assembly does not mean that if there's a particular day to go. could be that we assemble I mean, we could assemble more than we do, even, or we could assemble less. But you just don't want to forsake the assembly. You want to make sure. I mean, really, it would be nice if we assembled more, honestly. I'm, I'm in favor of more, if as much as we can have time to do that. But I'm not a big believer that one day of the week is any better than another, and I don't think we're commanded to do anything specifically on one day. There's no command that you only take the Lord's Supper on Sunday. That, there just isn't. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean. There just isn't. There's very few instructions regarding uh, communion, the Lord's Supper. The reason is, the reason there's not a lot of these rules is that Jesus wants us to have freedom. That's why he spoke to the Pharisees the way he did. It's why he told them the Sabbath was made for man to be a blessing, to be a day of rest and a good thing for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. So you have to look at things from the right order, in the right direction, in the right hierarchy. And the same is true for our assembling, for our church service, for our worship, and even taking communion. It was done for us. When our communion we do that in remembrance of Jesus, and we do proclaim his death that way. But, if we never took communion, it would not affect the power of God or the return of Jesus in any way. It would never make any impact. God is all-powerful, all that. 
It's for us. That's who it affects. It's for us. It's to remind us to take a few moments and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And to do that, we do it weekly, which I think is great. Now, if you do it monthly, okay, that's fine. But I really think it's better for us to do it at least weekly. Now, Jesus said as often as you do it. Now, and I know people get a little upset with me probably because I say this too much, but he said as often as you do it, you can do it. You can have the Lord's Supper. You can take communion and, and take that time to remember his sacrifice. You can do that daily. You can do that as often as you feel you need to do that. And that does not diminish it. I'm not saying to diminish it or make it common or, or, or unmeaningful. No, that would be wrong. Anyway, I'm maybe getting a little off topic here. But nonetheless, you know, one person esteems one day is better than another. However, however, I'm not going to fault people who believe that Sunday is the day. You know, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but I'm just going to say this the way it is. Unfortunately, we've had a Pharisee type of mindset. And I myself in the past, I think, have been guilty of this at times, where we think this tradition is the law. But it's not. It's not the law. It's, it's, it's not the law. Jesus gave us the laws he wanted us to follow, and this was not it. Um, this is a tradition. We were following an example. Now, there's nothing wrong with following an example. The apostles uh, in, in Acts, they give us a good example. They were meeting on the first day of the week. It may have been a pure coincidence that that happened to be the first day of the week. We don't know the circumstance all behind it. We just know that that's what was going on, and that was the day they were meeting. Um, they actually met a lot, and I think they met more than just one day a week as they could. You know, they met as often as they could. Um, and their services tended to be house to house, not in a church building. So there's, you know, there's these little technical diff differences, um, but we shouldn't, you know, dwell too much on some of that. I mean, it's just technicalities. But these examples that we have, uh, they're fine, good examples, but we have to realize that's what they are. Um, we can't say that someone who worships on Monday or Tuesday is sinful because they didn't worship Sunday, but they have a job where like they're a policeman or a fireman or uh, a nurse or a doctor and they, they had to work. They had to be uh, available or maybe not just available, but they really had to work. Even I've had to work on Sundays and I've, I've had times where I really had to work and then I've had times where I had to be on call, so I had to be available. So two different things. Both can be interfering, though, with your worship. Um, but we have to realize that these things happen and that there's nothing. What's special is the fact that we're assembling and we're worshiping God. It's not the day so much that is special. Now, if you want to say it's special because it's the day Jesus rose from the dead, I would agree with you there. But other than that, it's it's a day. It's just another day, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> so, I'm going to continue on because I'm probably going on tangent. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. Absolutely right. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God. 
while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. Here again, see, we, we shouldn't be too judgmental. We shouldn't be judgmental on each other. We shouldn't be condemning each other because we can be different and still be worshiping God and still be following God. Just because I say that I can worship any day of the week or every day of the week, and you say, no, we're commanded to worship on Sunday. Now, while I would say that you're not really commanded, but I would say that's okay. If you believe that and you want to worship exclusively on Sunday and Wednesday or whatever, you know, however that is, that's okay. Um, I don't see anything particularly wrong with that. I think it's a bit confining and restrictive and we're not supposed to be under a restrictive law. It's kind of a, like I say, it's kind of a Pharisee type of mindset. Um, the, the only problem is, is if you start condemning others for worshiping at other times or um, for, you know, condemn others who, uh, who are maybe not able to worship on Sunday because, well, any number of really viable reasons and they uh, they they worship other times, you know. We just want to be careful that we're not being judgmental. I have been overly judgmental at times too, so I'm really not trying to be critical, too critical of anyone in particular or anything like that. I'm, you know, these are things I have to say that anything we talk about, basically, I've been guilty of too. So I'm not coming from a self-righteous uh, standpoint. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. And we don't need to be judging and judgmental of each other. And we need to give each other grace on these things. I know, I believe there's a lot more freedom in following Jesus than some people think. And I don't mean freedom to sin. I just think there's a lot more freedom to worship and to follow in the, the law of serving God and loving each other. I think there's a lot more freedom there than some folks think. Um, I think some people tend to follow. We've had a lot of teachings over the past hundred years or more um, about, you know, you know, about making sure you're there on Sunday and not forsaking uh, the assembly and all that. And that's kind of why some people are very offended right now that churches are not assembling. They feel like we're sinning because that's what they've been taught. But had they really been taught correctly? Okay? Were Paul here to teach them correctly? He would tell them that that's not sinning, that it's not, you know, a, it, you do not have to in these conditions, you, you are not sinning if you're not assembling. You're simply following. Um, you're following the authorities asking you not to do this for a while. It's a temporary thing. You're still able to assemble and worship in your home. 
and or get together in small groups. So you're, it is not a sin and it's not wrong. It's just we've been taught, especially some folks have, have had it hammered on them over the years that if they don't show up to church every Sunday, they're sinning. And that's simply not true. There's always exceptions to things, and we have to remember Christianity and following Jesus, that is, it is a, it is a belief of freedom and liberty, not a restrictive, confining, confining letter of the law belief. And if we, if we won't teach people incorrectly, then, then in the future, when, when things like this occur, we won't have that number of people who are just really grumped and and irritated and unhappy about the fact that we're not assembling for a few weeks. Now, my first response to all this was very negative too, so I'm guilty of that. Though I've always known this, what Paul has said here, I've always known this, that really we could worship any day that it's not, you know, and that, and that forsaking the assembly is really forsaking the assembly. You know what forsaking is, is to leave it destitute alone forever. You're not going back there. You're, you're done. And that's, that doesn't mean you miss one Sunday here or there, or that, you know, a few times a year you can't make it because you have to work. That's not forsaking the assembly. That's not sinful at all. So, anyway... So we need to make sure that we're teaching properly, that we're not passing judgment on one another over these mundane things such as what you're eating or what you're not eating and what you're, um, you know, what day you're worshiping, what day you're not worshiping. And it can apply to other things, which I won't get into everything because honestly I need to, you know, I need to give people grace too. You know, just because I believe that we have this liberty and this freedom. I, I don't need to hammer and beat that onto other people. If they're perfectly happy believing in their little, you know, little restraint, little box, you know, where they've said, hey, I can't do this or that, that's okay. You know, I mean, I would rather they knew and understood that, that they were free and that they're not confined to that, but, uh, I don't want to create divisions. I don't want to create problems. So, so I say all this, and I mean that in a, in a uh, purely in a nice uh, way of mercy and grace. Just that, if you understand this, if you understand that we are not, you know, commanded to just one day a week, or we're not commanded to do that one day, and that if you don't make it, it's not a sin. And that sort of thing. If you understand that's not sinful, then then you can go through these periods of time like we're having right now where we can't assemble very well. You can go through these times and you'll be okay and it won't you'll have that peace. You'll have that peace knowing, hey, that's okay. For a few weeks I can stay home, I can read my Bible, I can watch maybe I can watch my preacher on YouTube because our church is doing that <laughs> or Facebook Live or whatever. You know, and I've been enjoying some of that. We've watched some different uh, local churches. We've watched our church and, and other local churches um, on Facebook or on YouTube. And it's it that's nice, too. It's nice. It gives us opportunity to hear even more, in a way.
in a way. Now, I, really, I do miss assembling. <laughs> I'll just tell you. But, um, but what I'm getting at here is that we do have that freedom and that liberty. And we need to remember that. And if you can't, then at least don't judge others and don't um, condemn others because they do have that freedom and that liberty. You, you may feel like they shouldn't have that, but they do. They really do. And, and that does apply in other areas, too. But I, I don't want to break off into all that and get people offended. So, All right. So here we have Paul's going to move on. He's going to kind of change gears, but he's still in the same area because all this is about how we treat one another. Uh, verse 13. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. Now think about this. Nothing is really unclean. It's just like a knife. A knife is a tool, an implement. There is nothing wrong with a knife until you take it to murder somebody with it. Now, it's still not the knife that there's anything wrong with. It's, it's you at that point. You're the one that's making the wrong decision and doing the wrong thing. The knife is just still just a tool, just an implement. So it's still clean. It's just you're using it for an unclean purpose. Um, and And I think... And believe, like Paul says, that, let's see, I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So, when we're out with others, we should try to be considerate of others. And if we're with people who really think it's a sin to eat, let's say they think it's a sin to eat pork. Now, my mom doesn't think it's a sin to eat pork. She has chosen to do that because she thinks that's healthier for her. But, if you're with someone who believes it is a sin and, and they don't really appreciate you eating it around them, then be, try to be considerate. Eat something else. You know, uh, even if you have to eat a salad, I mean, just try to be considerate. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So, in other words, let's be considerate. Let's try to pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Let me, um, if you will pardon me for just a moment, I am going to take us to the Amplified Version. I'm thinking this will read just a little clearer. Okay. So, we're going to go with verse 18, okay? <clears throat> For the one who serves Christ in this way, recognizing that food choice is secondary, is acceptable to God and is approved by men. 
So then, let us pursue with enthusiasm the things which make for peace and the building up of one another, things that lead to spiritual growth. So we're trying to pursue the right things. We're trying to be considerate of these mundane things, but we're trying to pursue and... Um, the things that help make for peace and building one another up, teaching and growing in, in God. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Now, in this case, what he's saying is, if our freedom is causing others to stumble, is, is making them, basically is, is bringing out, you know, if our freedom in eating, let's say, eating pork or whatever, is offending them, and it's basically being a stumbling block for them, and it's making them, you know, maybe it's making them be condemning and judgmental and it's causing them to sin. You're, you're accidentally putting up a roadblock for them, a stumbling block. You're, you're causing them to have trouble. Try not to do that. And then keep that, you know, that faith you have. Keep that between yourself and God. You don't have to um, rub this freedom in people's face when they don't understand it and when it's something that they're not going to be able to accept. You know, maybe later they'll be, as they learn more, maybe they will be able to accept that. Um, maybe they will never accept it. And, and that's kind of okay, too. I mean, the main thing is we're all on the path following the Lord. And like Paul says, if they think it's unclean, if they think it's wrong for them, then it's wrong for them. And sometimes it has to do with different weaknesses we have. If I'm an alcoholic and I'm asking people not to drink around me, well, there's not necessarily anything wrong with you having a glass of wine. Um, I particularly don't care for it, but I mean, that's, that's, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, then, you know, then, you know, maybe you should be considerate. You should be considerate of that person and not drink around them. That that produces a definite stumbling block for them because they're an alcoholic. They really want that really bad, that carnal side of them, and that can be a strong addiction. That can be hard. That's just one example, but that's uh, I think that's a good example, so I'll try to let that go there. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. So you can just keep that. You can just do that at home. You don't have to do that out in front of others if it's going to upset them or or affect them in a bad way. Um, I like to listen to Christian music. I know a lot of people would say that that's, some people would say that's basically a sin in and of itself. And I know that it's not. Um, but I don't take and rub that and flaunt that or try to make everybody else um, you know, believe that the way I do. Um, I understand that for some people, they have been taught for decades that anything other than a cappello is a sin.
So, you know, I try not to, you know, give them any issue or any problem. I don't want to cause division or give them a stumbling block. So I really just keep that to myself. And that's something I'm sharing with you now, I know. But normally I just keep that to myself. It's something I do, especially at home while I'm working. It just helps me stay focused on God and thinking of God and praising God and being thankful and grateful. It just tries to help keep me centered. It's really for me. It's, it is for me. But it's also to praise God and thank Him and be grateful. Alright. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So basically, if you believe something is a sin for you, then it, 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 it is a sin. It becomes sin for you. Let me... Um, so... So if you have, if you believe something is a sin for you, if, you, if you're doubting that it's clean, that it's okay, and you think it's wrong... Then you shouldn't you shouldn't ingest that. You shouldn't participate in something if you have doubts. If you think it's wrong, you shouldn't participate in it. Some people believe that gambling is wrong to such an extent that they think if you have like a little raffle or a little lottery, that that's sinful. And yet we know, and I'm not trying to make light, okay? But if you go back to the example in Acts, we know that the disciples, the apostles cast lots to choose Judas's replacement. Just think on that. Okay? Not not trying to be offensive, but I'm saying just think on that. So when you're doing something, a little game of chance or something, like if you're playing cards with your family and you're just having fun, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a little game. It's when it becomes a problem when you get it, you know, too, when you get too absorbed into it or too involved in other ways. Um, so, um, and, and I think gambling is a bad habit and a bad practice, but I have sat and played with friends just playing like, like for change. We would just play like a, what you call penny ante poker where we would just play for change, never more than 10 or $20, you know, in change on the table. And, uh, I, that was nothing that we took seriously, and it was nothing. There was nothing sinful about that. We just did that for fun, and it was just a way to sit around and spend some time together. And there's nothing wrong with that in a in that kind of a setting like that. And it would be the same for any game you play. Um, a lot of games are games of chance, and you could throw all of them into that category and say that well, you're rolling dice, you're doing this or that, and that's casting lots. But it's not necessarily sinful. Okay? Alright, but that's me. I think we have a lot of liberty. Okay? So I would encourage you to think that way too, but be considerate. That's one thing that Paul, the two things Paul is really stressing here is not to pass judgment on one another and to be considerate of those who might be of weaker faith or just not understand the law of liberty that they are under. <coughs> so. 
So this has been really long, but I hope it's been helpful, and I hope I've not, you know, just killed you with this idea, okay? I hope you understand that, uh, that that's what Paul is saying here. Do not pass judgment on one another, and try to be considerate and not cause your brother to stumble, okay? All right, so that's chapter 14. Hope you have a wonderful day. Remember to stay safe. Watch out for yourself, your family, and others. And remember that God loves you.